people of Earth. Geek Hope. Welcome to Gig Hose, the good, the bad, the funny, the inside stories of being a freelance club date musician in the 80s and 90s. I'm Willa. I am Marla. And we are the, the Gig Hose. <laughs> ah, okay. I think that our, our topic for the evening is going to be gear. Oh my God. It's like a novel. <laughs> <laughs> it's our life. Yeah. I mean... We can't do the gig without gear, right? My, one of my boyfriends referred to me as, you're a chick with wires. A chick with wires. <laughs> yeah. That has so many nasty connotations, I don't even want to go in. <laughs> and he was a musician, too, but he was just, I don't know, he just liked the idea that I was a chick with wires. Yeah, a chick with wires. You know, I always liked a man with a lot of keys. <laughs> I remember my friend had a recording studio in the village, and... Uh, his partner was very good looking and he was always the one that did the work on the studio, you know. So I come over there and G, we'll call him G, G would be up on the ladder like, you know, drilling something in the ceiling and he had all these this giant thing of keys on his hip and <laughs> for some reason the man with tools and a big set of keys, it just It turned you on. It did it for me, yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you why. Yeah, he could be a, a do janitors have keys and supers have they keys? They do. They do. All the <laughs> Dignified professions. (laughs) But anyway, as you're fond of saying, what we do for a living, I know you... Oh, right. You You, said it before, but... Yes, uh, I transport electronic equipment across the tri-state area. That's right. And (laughs) and that is a large part of what we do. I like to say the the playing is for fun. The schlepping is what we get paid for. It's it's true. It's yes. true. But I, I still won't play for free. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, as much as I'm having fun. No, no. I <laughs> so I'm going to tell this story, which is, it's not about my gear, but it's definitely about gear. So we had two gigs that day, both in Jersey. And the second one was his, his gig, his lead. The other one was for somebody else. And there was a short turnaround between the two gigs. So I had to get there in a hurry. And he said, well, I have a keyboard. So they wanted to have the wedding ceremony in the garden. You know, it was this kind of rundown mansion. And uh, he goes, so I have a keyboard. I'll set up my keyboard in the garden. So like when you get there, if you don't get there on time, you can just jump right on the ceremony and play my keyboard. And I said, that's great by me because I saw that it was threatening rain. Right. And you don't want to jeopardize your... My keyboard, right. Yeah. I mean... I'm sure you as well. We both have two keyboards. There's always a spare in the that's we'll get to the spare thing, <laughs> right? How many how many keyboards do you think you own? Right now? Let's see, one, two well, including the little mini ones, several. Um, I don't know, like eight. Yeah, I, right. I also have about ten computers. But yeah, that's, yeah, you know, yeah. a whole other story. I think I have five in the house right now. Yeah. Um but I have redundancies on the two I use the most. Anyway. So I get to the gig. And it's sprinkling on the way, on the highway. And I'm thinking, oh, well, then the ceremony is going to be inside, right? And I get there, I find the maitre d' woman. I say, so the ceremony is going to be inside. She goes, no, no, the bride's father wants to have it outside. And I'm like, but it's raining. He goes, she goes, well, 
what can I say? You know, they always do because it's not their keyboard that's going to get damaged in the rain. It's my daughter. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so, so I was really glad it was his keyboard. <laughs> and at the time, and it was up a hill, and there was nowhere to like, no eaves of a building to huddle under. Right. There was a little shed from like 1832 that was sitting there, and you know there was a little overhang. I was hiding out under there, but I had two things. I had a, I had a tarp that I could lay over the keyboard until it was time, and I also had a big umbrella. That do you have an umbrella in the car at all times? I carry one now under my seat. Yes, with yeah. a with a bracket so you can attach it to your uh, keyboard oh, stand. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Oh, I see. I really wouldn't need it at, at that. Point. And then you have to get like the hat umbrella. <laughs> With a little ring. Yeah. yeah. And then we could put like the tin foil hat on top of it. <laughs> so I get up there. No one else is up there. I'm hiding out. It's raining off and on. There's one little like trellis. All the guests are trying to squeeze in under the trellis so they don't get wet. And also to complicate matters, it was a keyboard I was unfamiliar with. And he right. He was busy doing other things. I was things. waiting for that. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> audience, this is a part of being a keyboard player. If you get a strange keyboard, you know... My own, Marla's own. We have them tweaked 10 ways from Sunday. We know where all the sounds are because being a keyboard player, we have to play strings. We have to play brass. We have to play bass, you know, keyboard, razzy, sounds, everything. So it defaulted to this roller rink organ sound, (laughs) right, which is very not good for a wedding ceremony. Um, I just couldn't think what? Of what that sounds like. Oh, you know. <laughs> nee, 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 you know, it's terrible. Terrible. Uh, so I found like a regular uh, passable electric piano sound. But the problem was the power was cycling on and off. So it kept turning off. And when it came back on, it would be back at the rolling <laughs> ring sound. And then I'd have to get back to the Regular piano sound. Okay. So now everybody has to sit down. Nobody wants to sit down. They're all huddling under the gazebo. Because the chairs are all wet. The chairs are, and they even came up and, you know. Wiped them off. Wiped them off, but Doesn't last. Right. Okay. So they all sit down. So I take the cover off now and I have my umbrella at the ready. They're all sitting down and my umbrella had one of those pop releases, you know, so I pop the umbrella. 75 faces turn in my direction, right? Because of the sound? Yeah, because I had an umbrella. Oh, they were jealous. Yeah. (laughs) And they're looking at me, and one guy goes, like a smart aleck, he goes, well, how are you going to play if you're holding the umbrella, you know? And I'm like, I said, I'll play with one hand. (laughs) I'll use my dick. (laughs) (laughs) And here come the the bridal party and the the father of the bride who's the one that insisted on this he looks like a biker you know he's got long shaggy hair he's got an earring he's got some tats here comes the bride everything's starting to wilt she wants to kill her father like oh, the look and, you know her makeup's run you know it's oh, just oh god so i'm standing there with my umbrella and this and, and by the way i ended up playing the bridal procession with the rinky dink organ sound cuz like it went off and on just right when it was starting, and I didn't have time. Oh, it was a thousand weird. years, like you know the thing from yeah, Twilight. Chris- yeah, Christina Perry. It's Christina Perry, yeah, right? Um, so I'm standing there, but this is before that. I'm standing there holding an umbrella, and this very beautifully attired three-piece suit, dapper older gentleman. You know, he was kind of short, mustache, you know, silver hair. He comes over and he goes, "Can my wife and I?" Share your umbrella, you know. I'll hold it for you, you know. And they were little, and it was big, the umbrella. I said, sure. So now he's holding the umbrella. And I say to him, 
while we're waiting. I go, what kind of an asshole makes his daughter get married in the rain? Was the mic on when you said that? No, I had no mic. <laughs> oh, good. No, mic. <laughs> no, but the guy turns to me and he said, I said, what kind of an asshole makes his daughter get married in the rain? He goes, my son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh so enter good. foot in mouth. <laughs> right. But, you know. He looked at me like, yeah, he's an asshole. You know, like he agreed with me. I mean, even his father was out in the rain. Yeah, <laughs> but it's so, so that's a good gear story, you know. That's a good so gear story. Levels. What do you got? Oh, so many. Let's uh, hear one. Well, one was uh, setting up on, on the beach. I think it might have been in Montauk. and. Uh, oh, the beach. Oh, that's a separate thing. Yeah, but, you know, it's related to gear, I guess, because it's like I'm setting my speaker up on the beach and then... I don't know. It's like, you know, how the tide changes. Oh, so yeah. like a wave came up and I had to like <laughs> grab my speaker and run. I mean, it, I don't know if it was like during the sound. I mean, because they were going to get wet too, standing there having right. their stupid sound. So you had to keep receding up the beach, right? Well, it was like just the last one. Then there's sand all over the speaker and, you know. What was it, the, what was the climate like? Was it hot, cold, sunny, rain? It, was, it wasn't so bad um, in, in, in reference to that, but I didn't expect like the edge of the beach to keep getting closer to me ever. <laughs> and then it was just one big wave. It's okay, that's yeah. it. Yeah, you know, because if it gets wet, you're not going to have sound anyway. So, oh, I or know. or you know, when they, it's like a classic thing. They always want to be outside, and right. you say, "Look, it starts to rain. It takes me like 15 minutes to break down, and, and you know, you're going to lose time." But they always go for that. They always like they want the picture. They want, they want the photo op. Yeah, even if yeah. it's not a ceremony, because everyone wants to be outside. Yeah, you know, so. I know, I know. And I remember I did a gig at the Crescent Club in Bayville. Yep. And there's a big beach. Yeah, they got that yeah. beach there. It was November. And it was cold. Freezing. And super windy. And they had this plastic house that they kind of constructed. So it was 45 degrees. The wind was whipping at like, I don't know, 40 miles an hour. <clears throat> I'm out there in my parka with... Uh, with the gloves on, with the fingers cut off. Yeah, which really doesn't work if you're a piano player because the, the material gets in the way as you're playing. So it's but, a nice idea in theory. Well, but it's better than nothing when your fingers are numb. Gear, in this case, ladies and gentlemen, would include providing some kind of heater for the person who's playing so that their fingers actually operate, but that is not always the case. Anyway, the house kept lifting up. From yes, the wind. Yes. And they had to delay the wedding ceremony for about 20 minutes because they had to go get bricks to, like, hold it down. And meanwhile, all the guests are, like, freezing their butts off, you know. Yeah. Right. And just kept taking longer. Yeah. I mean, um, I did a little DJ party last year out in, uh, like, a field. So there's a lot of, you know, open space for the wind. And it was like the same kind of thing. Like the thing started to blow away as I'm DJing and like I'm grabbing like the edge of the tent. It's almost like, it's almost like I'm, um, I'm um, what's her name, Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz <laughs> and the house is blowing away and I'm hanging on. I yeah. mean, then they went and got sandbags, but it just wasn't enough. So I'm like standing there holding on to the tent. You know? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, really? Yeah. And I mean, which brings to mind uh, a number of gigs that, I'm sure you you too have done on boats, oh, which boats. is another uh, That's a hazardous whole. thing for your gear. That's a whole chapter. Yeah, well, here we are. Because that's the subset for your gear, boats. Okay, number one, getting your gear on and off the boat. Cause, Up the plank. Yeah. <laughs> Walk the plank, matey. It's like that. Well, yeah, because the tide changes. So when you 
when you load on, the tide is at one level, and when the boat comes back, the tide is at another level. So one way or another, you're going up a very, or coming down a very steep ramp, and the water is on either side of you, and all that's between you and your gear going into the drink is some skinny little rope on the side, right? Yeah. Have well, you ever lost any gear that way? Well, I have a, uh, a story about... Oh, um, it was, I think, in like the Hudson, like the Chelsea Piers. Mm-hmm. And um, they didn't have a plank up yet because like the guests weren't there. You know, you have to get there before. And literally the fucking boat was two feet away. Mm-hmm. And I'm there by myself because it was a solo gig. Uh. And I said, well, what am I supposed to do? You got you to gotta, like get the stuff. You have to like hand you know, I said, I'm here by myself. Who am I going to hand it to? I mean, I mean, I literally had an argument with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, I, I, there's no one to hand it to. And it's like two to, it might even be three feet away. It was ridiculous. So there was no, like. There was no plank. They wanted me to hand it over the edge of, of the, the side boat. of the boat. Right. To like whoever I was with. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't with anyone. So they had to get some guy <laughs> in the kitchen, of yeah, course, you know. Right. Yeah. But there's the other hazard to your gear on a boat, which is weather conditions. Because. I remember we were doing one gig on the circle line, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, the drummer, well, all of us, we were all sort of like the boat was pitching a lot. Right, and we get were, nauseous. Well, not just that. We were standing and playing, but our gear, like, Kept I'm sliding. talking 45-degree angle. The yeah. mic stand especially, right? Cause well, like- and, and uh, what <laughs> happened is that... One of his cymbals fell over on the stand, and it was rolling, <laughs> rolling across the floor <laughs> with the stand, you know. Everyone, we're all just sort of teeter-tottering from foot to foot, and we're playing and singing at the same time. Yeah, you know? and you're trying to gra- hold on to things. Yeah, so trying to grab on. One yeah. time, I did a gig on a boat, and picture like a smile, like we were on one end of the smile. Like a U. Yeah, and I don't know if it was like a platform, but everyone was below us, so all they could see were from our knees down. <laughs> <laughs> this was on a boat? On a boat, right, oh, because wow. it was like the way the shape of the boat, and uh-huh. that's where they put us. Oh, God. So like you're singing, and like no one could ever see your face, and then there's, don't forget, the sound of the wind in your microphone. Oh, for oh, four yeah. hours straight. Oh, I quite know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well... That's we did a demonstration. Very, yeah. <laughs> very well Thank done. You. We did a gig once at the Kings Point Academy, uh, which is like a merchant marine academy yeah. in Nassau County. And it was really windy. We were up against the seawall. And uh, whoever was the lead singer was singing My Way. You know, that big, I did it my way. And like, he's going, my, but all you're hearing is, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the wind. <laughs> I did it <laughs> Yeah, it's a <laughs> way. <laughs> so, yeah, the outdoor gig, that's a whole... And, and, oh, when the gig isn't covered and you're out in the sun, I mean, I really resent that. You know? oh, God. <laughs> I mean, how many wedding ceremonies have you done at high noon in the blazing sun? Everyone, all the guests are undercover. Except for us. And the, and the bridal party is undercover, and we're in the baking in the sun. And I don't know about you, but it certainly happened to me that my keyboard, if it didn't turn off entirely, which I had to do a couple of times because it overheated, oh, right. sometimes the LED screen would just black out, you know, because of the sun being directly on the LED screen. Right, you can't see. No, you're... so I had no idea what sound I was going to get. <laughs> you got the uh, church organ again. Yeah, the roller rink, the roller rink. Yeah, so that's happened more than once. I mean, besides the fact that you're sweating your brains out and 
and the gig is just starting. You know, I, I've gotten so uptight in terms of always having the right thing with me and doubles and triples. I have doubles and triples of everything. Uh, I don't want anyone to know where I live so they don't <laughs> find my car, but, you know, carry an extra keyboard, carry like a million different wires. I mean, it's true. I have even in my house, in my car. I mean, I'm always just so afraid that one thing, you know, it even could be like a three-way adapter. Like that could like ruin your whole setup if you don't have... Depending on where you are, you know, you're always working with different electrical outlets, different walls. Sometimes um, they could have faulty electricity. I once blew a computer out. Um, I was doing an outdoor gig at a country club, Travers Island, and there was a lightning strike. And, oh, wow. And my computer was plugged into whatever outdoor right. outlet they had, and it was... I never was able to use it again, you know. Well, I have a story like that also on a boat. All the best. All the best gears. <laughs> Is the end of the party. Um, the guests had disembarked. We were packing up. I had my keyboard case open on a bench. We were on the lower deck. I put my keyboard into the case. And on the upper deck, they were washing off the deck. So all of a sudden, this waterfall cascades right onto my keyboard. Oh, God. Just soaks the crap out of it. Because, like, everyone else was off and they didn't Yeah, like it was just the band was packing up. And, and, like, we're nobody. <laughs> well, and the thing, it was the end of the season. So, you know, all these boats, they come up here and then they head south around October. And the band leader, whose name I will not mention, he, I, I said, you got to get a hold of these people and make them pay for this. And he was... Because it ruined your keyboard. Yeah. Well, I thought it did, and it did. And then six months later, I opened it up and it worked, which I couldn't believe. Because it didn't work at the time. Sure, it needed to dry, dry out, out like an iPhone six months. and a yeah. bag of rice. By which time I had bought a new keyboard, of course. Um, yeah, but he was like, oh, well, they already went to the Bahamas, so, you know, you're just out of luck. Like, no offer to... Well, that's what... It's always the first stance is, like, you know, you chase me for it. It's always that way, right, you know? Right, right. And I would have thought... I mean, other band leaders, I know they would have. In fact, they did. The sweet band leader I was talking about last week, somebody pulled my power cable out of my keyboard, and it, it broke the input. Right, so you can And he split flick. the cost of the repair with me. Well, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. So they're not all... You know, dicks. <laughs> no, and that's true of everyone in the world, you know. Right. But sometimes we just get the dicks. <laughs> there are so many ways to take that statement. <laughs> sometimes you want them and sometimes you don't. <laughs> Do we talk about um, cars and keys? Like, like for instance, um, I had to give my keys. I don't remember where it was, but I used to carry like like a big loose sight of my name, Marla, with all these keys. I don't know oh, why. Oh, you mean I... if you had to give your car to the valet? Yeah, because I have two stories about that. Oh, and goody. like I gave them my keys and I had all these keys on it. And I don't know how they lost such a big keychain, but they lost it. Oh, no. So I had to, you know, go and replace the locks and blah, blah, blah. And on think... your car? I don't remember if I had to do it on my car, but I had to do it in my house because, like... Oh, your keys were on. Right. So you didn't have a special separate... Yeah, because I used to just hand them everything, you know, and, like, sometimes you're forced. And that brings me to the other story, um, because it actually happened to me twice where they lost my keys. Once was a hotel, and and they did pay me something, but... um, um, Well, if they lost your keys, how did you get home in your car? I mean... I don't remember, but I know... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Maybe uh, somebody had to bring me the the other set at home or something. I don't right. remember, but I, it happened twice, mm-hmm. and 
And the other time was um, working. Did we talk about the water club where they forced you to park? Did we talk about that in another episode? Not that part of it. Well, on the uh, east side, on the FDR Drive, there's a place called the Water Club. I don't mind mentioning it. And they had their own little parking lot. that was like an apartment building before it. And, right. like, you know, there's nowhere to pull over on the FDR service road, you know. Right. So yeah. you give them the car. And mm-hmm. I had just bought a car six weeks before that. It uh-huh. was, uh-huh. yeah, so you know what's coming. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> so, you know, okay, they park the car. It's fine. So I go in. And on my first break from the band, I go out. I'm going to go look at where my car is. And I see it's not in that spot anymore. Yeah, and so, panic sets in. Well, as it should, because they ended up just pushing it all the way at the end, which means that two people were in the car, and then when I went to look at the car, there was a big, long scrape and dent along Because that's where people were getting off the FDR to pull into the thing, and probably somebody scraped against it. No, 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 no. This is in the parking lot. The guy pulled out, and somebody else was going to be parking a car. So he went into my car, and then their excuse was, well, how do we know you didn't bring it in that way? Oh, yeah. And I said, well, it was six weeks old. I didn't bring (laughs) it in that way, and that's why I'm I'm mentioning it to you. Right. And the only way that I proved it was I grabbed, you know how they have those big boards with the keys and the little, the the pink tickets? Mm -hmm. So you, you have the ticket that you get, and then the ticket that they have on the board. And, and they're supposed to mark on it if there are any. So I grabbed it, and mm-hmm. I saw that there was a, one spot crossed out and then the other spot right. written in, So which shows that they moved it twice. And whoever said they didn't do it, maybe they didn't do it, right. but somebody else did it. Yeah. And I had to bring a witness to court yes. because they, you know. Boy, so many times we've had to go to court, right? To go to court just to... Because you were doing your gig. Because I was doing my... <laughs> I know. Gig, you know. One thing about the water club, so it's a barge, ladies and gentlemen, a barge on the East River. That It's pretty fancy. You know, you wouldn't realize it was a barge. Very fancy in there. Pretty expensive uh, place. And then loading up on the greasy stairs. Yeah, that was another place where you had to worry <laughs> about your stuff ending up in the, in the river. Um, yeah. But uh, this regular party that we did for many years, which we still do, is, is the annual national awards dinner for the DEA. The Drug Enforcement Agency, right? And so we all have this sort of agreement that everyone in the place has to be packing heat, right? Every single person in there. Because we would say to each other, all we need is a couple of guys from the Medellin cartel to just throw a bomb in there and, like, they get rid of all the narcs. (laughs) So there was a little edge of danger to that gig. And, uh, well, a couple of other things happen relating to gear and cars, because it is all intertwined. Yes, um, well, your car is definitely a big part of your gear. You well, can't get to the gig without your car. When I started doing this, I lived in an apartment in Kew Garden Hills, and I used to have a parking spot, which was right near the garbage dumpster, but you know, I could see it from my car window. But, you know, how fitting is that? Because whenever we have to get into any place, it's always via where the garbage dumpster is. Garbage has been a big part of my life. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, and I didn't have a garage. They didn't have, they had parking spots. So I'm parked there one day and it was like pouring rain. I, I don't know. I woke up at four in the morning and I look out the window and I see a car pull in to the parking lot. Uh-uh. And then they go to the end, but then they come right next to my car. They start breaking into my car. Wow. What time of night was it? Four in the morning. Four in the morning. And it's like pouring rain, and like you have like, you know, the cell phones that are portable, and I run downstairs. I said, I just called the cops. 
You know, I just called the cops. Mm -hmm. So they sauntered back into their car and drove away. And this is four in the morning. And I was so, like, riled up. They started to steal stuff, but I stopped them before they took everything. And <laughs> But, I mean, and you weren't afraid for your life? Like? No, because they drove away. Oh, because if they were not afraid of me, they would have just stayed and shot me, I guess. But I was across the street. Oh, I see. I said, the cops, I just called right. the cops, blah, right. blah, blah. And um, <laughs> I drove around because I kind of saw the van. I, I thought I saw the letters. It was A and C in the mm. Bronx or something. I don't know. <laughs> I drove around for two hours until the sun came up. And I said, well, I can never leave my equipment in the car right. because... As I started to say, when I started, I didn't have a garage, and I used to leave all my equipment in my car. I I still leave all. I shouldn't. Well, talk. no, that's because you're you're in an indoor garage. Well, and the but I was I'm on the in, street. Yeah, and the reason I'm in the indoor garage is because I used to park it on the street, and then I came out one morning to go to a gig, and all my gear was gone. Well, that's the end of my story too. So let me just finish okay. real quick. Okay, go ahead. So I stay up till the sun comes up, and I uh, said, so I'll never. I can never leave my gear in the car again. I can never, you know. I'll still park here, but so I finally go to bed at 6 o'clock. I'm exhausted and, like, all riled up, and I have to do something. I wake up at 9. They came back between 6 and 9. And took your gear. And took everything else. I mean, I was, like, shocked. Yeah. The gall, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. I caught them, and, like, I don't know if somebody tipped them off. And it wasn't, like, great stuff. I lost about $4,000 worth of That's stuff. That's a lot of money. Especially at that time. Yes. And then I... When I went to my insurance company, because I had like a floater, mm -hmm. you know, uh, policy, which they canceled. And then <laughs> after they wrote it for me and then yeah. they didn't want to pay and I right. had to go through this whole thing with the insurance company. Back in court. Another, yeah, another <laughs> legal thing. I had to give a deposition. I said, well, oh you know, I had God. stuff in my car, you know, Yikes. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I got half of the money back. But um, then I had to find a garage from a little old lady right. up the block. Now, but, I should, I, I do want to say this. In the early days... They didn't have PA systems. I mean, right now everyone takes it for granted. You got speakers, you got a mixing board, you know, everything's digital now, powered speaker. But when I started, my first PA was an amp, and they were band leaders who... Fender, a Fender guitar amp, right? Yeah, yeah, they'd put their microphone through the, the guitar amp and put it on a chair. Right. There were no stands, like, you know, speaker stands. You just, you just... Oh, I have a good story. Um, you just put your speakers on chairs on either side of you, you know, and it was right in the faces of the audience, and they would always be too loud or not loud enough or whatever. So I had, it, this gig was a tent party, and this is a common occurrence, too, that is gear-related. It was a tent party in Islip. Giant tent, giant tent, pouring rain. It was me, a drummer, who's poor guy, it was his birthday, right? And a sax player who's now in jail for molesting underage kids. Anyway. Who's uh, that? I'm not going to say. <laughs> a you, lovely fellow. She'll tell me at the end of the That's show. That's right. I'll tell you when we turn off the mics. Um, and, a, and a guitar player. And it was my lead. And so, first of all, to get the gear to the tent, I had to schlep it across the saturated lawn in the pouring rain. And that's another problem for your gear if you have to transport it in that fashion you know i mean i had i always have a tarp do you have a tarp i have um plastic contractor bags in there my car <laughs> right and then regardless when you get where you're going you still have to take it off the cord and, and wipe each piece down and i was wearing sandals and i think you know where i'm going with this you slipped no 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 
No. See, the thing is, when they have power in a tent. You know, oh, electricity. Yeah, yeah. When they have power in a tent and it's maybe it's going to a truck that has a generator in the truck, maybe it's hooked into the house, but it's not grounded. All right, so there were, there were two things happening. One was we literally got this little triangle of mud. That's where we were setting up. No, <laughs> no carpet, no nothing. A triangle and, of mud. <clears throat> yeah. And it was on an angle. So the drummer couldn't play, really, because he was on this angle. And, you know, that's another thing. I mean, how many gigs have you done where you're on an angle, right? I can't sleep on an angle, and I can't play <laughs> yeah, keyboard right. on an angle. Yeah, it's really hard. Um, anyway, at the time, I had this electric piano that had a cover, and the cover went up on an angle to, like, match the keyboard underneath. So I put that on the ground there, and it made the ground level. So we solved that problem temporarily, but not permanently. The sax player never showed up. And there were like 100 kids running around like maniacs. And, and they were grilling all this meat inside the tent. And it was just like really smoky. And it was pouring outside. And uh, the poor drummer, it's his birthday, you know. And every time I touched the mic with my lips, I got shocked. Yeah. You've oh been God. there, right? Yeah. No, yeah. Audience, nice. you can't even imagine how horrible it is because the Pavlovian response kicks in and after a while you're just so afraid to even sing, you know, because maybe your mouth will accidentally touch the mic and then you get shocked again. I mean, know? it's normal to sing with your lips close to the mic because that's just the way most people do it. Well, not yeah. only that, but back in those days, you know, there were no monitors or anything like that. It was just the speaker and if the guitar player started playing louder and get closer and yeah sure so that was happening and then i turn around and the drummer is on his back with his legs bicycling the air because the piano cover just stopped working and i guess he was he playing. slipped no he, fell he just back. fell backward <laughs> he's lying on his back like a turtle with his legs you know bicycling. was he still playing <laughs> no <laughs> he couldn't that's probably why i turned around i probably heard the drums stop so. Drum crash. <laughs> yeah, I think drummers have a whole other level of gear issues. Well, they have to bring rugs. You know, they have to like decorate the room before they can That's play. That's true. In I mean, he had a rug, but it didn't help because it, it didn't was help. On an right. Incline. Yeah, the incline thing is is bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, when I had the um, apartment where they stole all my stuff after that incident, I rented a garage, as I said, from a little old lady, but. There were private houses and then the apartment, and there was a wall in between the building and where the garages were. So I come home in my gown or whatever, you know, uh-huh. and I have to climb a wall to get to my apartment, or else I have to walk all, all the, the way, way through around. the alley and around. Yeah. And one time there was somebody, like, fondling himself <laughs> at, at 2 in the morning. So I said, you know what, I'm going to keep climbing this wall. Yeah. So then, you yeah. know, I remember the last time I did it, I look on my leg and there's, like, goo from a slug oh yeah you know and oh. then you rip your stockings and yeah. it's just insane i said i can't believe i'm doing this i know I you know? know it seems so glamorous you know when you when you start out oh i'm gonna be playing music for a living i don't need to do an office job or anything like that and then there are medical um casualties like for instance uh yes yeah i mean aside from that everyone wears ear pods now but like i used to work with a band leader WP mm. and um, I think he was too lazy to like bring stands I and mean, this is like when we had stands available yeah and he used to have the EV speakers kind right of like, by your ear no well they were on this on the floor though pointed up at us right oh and that wouldn't be so bad if you're just singing or just playing you know and 
it got too loud, you could do something about it. But like, I never wore earplugs for the first 20 years. Uh And then, oh, you know, somebody wants to get up and sing and they want to sing Someone to Watch Over Me and WP didn't know that song. So, so I did it. Yeah. And then, you know, it's not a professional singer and they sing like this on the microphone. (laughs) 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 And and I'm, you know, playing this song with, you know, it's not simple chords. No one else knows it. And I can't take my hands off the keyboard because she's a guest singer and everyone's quiet and listening. So after three minutes of this, then like the next day or two, I have the sound of the ocean in my left ear. Yeah. Which is like tinnitus, hyperacusis, I don't know what. And luckily after six weeks it went away and I just have slight tinnitus and Uh always wear earplugs. Like, always have earplugs right. with me. And this is yes. like, you know, public service announcement. <laughs> right. You know, because... Guys, you, if you're going into the business... And even if you're not, I protect mean... Protect you, your ears. If you're in the subway, I mean, like... Well, that's... I always use your, earplugs in the subway. N- well, just, just now, just like it's part of, like, my makeup case, you know? Yes, yes, um, yes. Because, like, my ear was never the same after that. And that can happen. And th- there are people that... You know who they are. You, every time you say something to them, you have to say it twice. They go, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And drummers especially because they're uh, near the cymbals. Everyone, I mean, guitar players, are you kidding? Well, and, and then it becomes like um, a contest because everyone keeps turning up because they can't hear themselves. The singers, uh-huh. that they blew oh, yeah. their voices out. Yes. They can't hear themselves, you know, know, and then it's well, like... And I know one singer, he's got a volume control on his microphone. Oh. So there's a constant battle... Between him and whoever is running sound, right? They keep turning him down at the board. He keeps turning his microphone up. And then by the end, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's just all. I can't believe that they invented something like that. I can't believe I can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone out there, please call in at 1 800 help a musician. <laughs> right. Uh, now, have you ever had gear break down on the gig? Oh, yes. Let's hear. <laughs> Do tell. Well, I was going to tell an- another funny story about um, not having the gear, but um, oh well, you can go there. We can yeah, go back because um, there's definitely breaking down stuff. I know. There's... I have some good ones too. But this story actually didn't happen to me. It was conveyed to me, and um, it's just such a funny story. It involves a uh, uh, band leader I used to be partners with, and uh, somebody I used to date. It turns out the band leader you know, was loading up their car, you know, at their house, and they ended up driving away and leaving a lot of the gear on their front lawn. Oh God! So yeah. they didn't. They get to the gig, and it's not there. And it's not there. So they go in, and like the job starts, and I think it was the drummer and the sax player, and like the band leader, and and they said, um, just start playing, just start playing, because like the job was starting. He had to like either have somebody bring it, or they had to go back and get it. And right. I just remember. The sax player saying, you're kidding me, man. (laughs) (laughs) You're kidding me, man. I just have to play. You're kidding me, man. (laughs) Great. And so for like an hour, it was just like sax and drums, you know, but the show must go on. The show must go on. Yeah. I mean, I remember once, and this was definitely in the early 80s, I was playing a, oh, God, I was playing a New Year's Eve party, but it was was me, a sax player who knew what he was doing, and a drummer who was like right out of school who knew nothing. Nothing. That was it. It was the three of us. It was in the basement of a Jewish center. New Year's Eve, right? Basement of a Jewish center. They had like the 
paper tablecloths. Oh, God. And they had, like, pretzels and potatoes. You know, it was really low. <laughs> low rent. <laughs> I hate to say it. I mean, everyone deserves to have fun on New Year's Eve. But And it would have been okay, except that drummer knew nothing. And I constantly was having to tell him what to do. So we get near New Year's. And the caterer says to me, Okay, well, we're going to count down, and then we're going to turn out the lights, you know, and then we'll all yell Happy New Year. <laughs> so we count down. And we yell Happy New Year. He turns off the lights, which also turns off all the power, <laughs> right? And and so the sax player is playing, and the drum is playing, but I got no mic. And I'm screaming, turn on the lights, turn on the lights. <laughs> <laughs> turn on the lights. Oh, God. Oh, I'm trying to remember. I remember once I have this great, I am going to do a little plug here. I have this great piece of gear that's very unique. It's a, an amp. It's a stereo amp by this crazy eccentric inventor named Walter Woods. Um, audience, usually a good amp weighs a lot. Um, although, I mean, certainly back then a good yes. amp weighed a lot. Now, Think now of PV. You can, yeah, <laughs> now they're a lot lighter. But this amp... Pushed a lot of power, 325 watts aside, um, weighs five pounds, which is unheard of, right? Yeah. I mean, I still use that amp. I've been using that amp for like... Oh, that's that little thing, right? Yeah, the little red one. That's awesome. You should it see is if awesome. you can find another one somewhere. Well, I know the guy who's the East Coast, you know... Oh, so you can? they're still available new. Yeah, they are. But I, I had Walter refurbish it for me uh, a while ago, and now... I just saw the the guy who's the rep the other night, and uh, he told me now no one can find Walter. <laughs> he disappeared into the <laughs> wilds of the desert. But the sea, that's like my like my little fetish. You know, I want to have like two of everything. I know you they know? are quite pricey, but this little amp has bailed out so many people. I mean, there are these giant amps, crown amps. You know, they had about the same amount of power, but they weighed like thirty pounds, and more than once. And, you know, this would be powering a, a big band, like a 24-track board, a lot of people in the band, singers, horn section. The whole thing would go out, right? And they'd use your thing. They'd use my thing. Save or a guitar player's amp would blow, and I'd take one side of the amp for the guitar player to his speaker, and he'd bypass his amp. Is this sounding like Greek to you, audience? <laughs> I know we're getting in the weeds. I'm getting in the weeds. <laughs> but as I'm getting in the weeds, I'm thinking, this is a thing. And it's different now, but when we started, it was kind of a badge of honor for me, and I'm assuming for you, that we knew how to use our gear, right? That I could come to the dire aid of some engineer, you know, whose equipment had blown, and I could say, oh, here, use mine, and I know how to bypass this thing to get to the speaker. Well, right, know? but sometimes with the old equipment, if there was a PV head and not the thing that you had, the John Woods thing, and it was unpowered. Walter Woods. <laughs> That you know that guy in the woods. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if the head went, you were screwed. I you know? know. So now they have. Probably you're all aware of this. You know they have something called powered speakers. Right. So right. I always love the idea that no matter what happens, I have two speakers. So if one goes, I have the other speaker. Right. If you might have a spare, and you don't necessarily need the head because you can go right into the yes, speaker. Yes, that is true. So it's much more of a calming thing because I'm always worried and I'm always not relaxed until I turn everything on and right. everything sounds right. And Although even last weekend, for some reason, <laughs> my keyboard was on. It was all plugged in. 
and the band leader needed to play a special song and he and he sits at my keyboard and he starts to play and he's like will will nothing's happening nothing's coming out you know and it was just the keyboard just froze for a second and i had a well that's just, pretty scary though you yeah, know because if yeah. it happens once then you never like when i use a dj app like never quits and then one time it quit it's right. like Okay, I have to sell the computer. <laughs> I mean, but, I actually yeah, no, got but, rid of the computer. Yeah, but for me, it's it's a fact of life. I mean, every keyboard I've ever had has glitched at one point along the way. That's know? yeah. I'm always worried of like in a ceremony. That's like the of course the worst thing because that is the worst thing. You so could what ruin was someone's life? What was your <laughs> most epic fail with equipment? Well, just about a year ago, I thought my speaker went out. And I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? And I had to go to Guitar Center. Like, I had time, you know, before the gig. And uh-huh. and then when I get back it, with my rented speaker, and then I realize, because they made me change outlets, you know, it just wasn't plugged in. I went through oh, all God. this stuff. Okay. <laughs> so I know what mine was. When I was probably in my 20s, I guess, we had an original band, and we were doing a showcase at Hammerheads. Do you remember Hammerheads? I certainly yeah. do. And at that time, we had this giant PA that weighed a million tons, you know. <laughs> and Cousin Brucie, my parents had met Cousin Brucie on some trip to Haiti, right? <laughs> and Cousin Brucie was going to come listen to us. And then the PA just totally died, and there was nothing we could do. It was so humiliating. We started playing. It was good for two or three songs, and then it just was not working. And we were just screwed. You know, it was horrible. Yeah, I mean, yeah, stuff always breaks, and like I said, that's why I'm so, like, anal now about bringing doubles. Yes, well, we're older and wiser now. Yeah. (laughs) You know, back in those days. I mean, sometimes we didn't even have the money. I don't know about you, but... Well, that's what I was going to say. It's like you didn't even have, you know, you were just lucky that you came with all the songs and your talent, and you're just happy to do that, you know? Well, in in those days, I had one keyboard, I had one amp, I had one mic, you know, I couldn't afford to buy spare gear i mean sometimes the speaker you know would get blown and then you're playing and it's like oh my god what's that you know oh yeah it would be (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like it's not my fault but it's but it's all but it's always your fault but it kind of is your fault because like that's your job to bring it you know i mean that's like the good thing about djing at least that you can uh (laughs) You know, it's all under your own control. <laughs> you know, I really do feel like we could talk for another half hour about gear issues, but... Uh, It'll but be another episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, however, we're up to credit of the week, so I'm going to talk about a song I wrote with Rachel Sweet, who's a great rock artist, and Tony Battaglia, who is the guy I own the recording studio with. And this is the title song for the original movie, Hairspray, by John Waters. Which is great. I still get royalties for it, but it's funny in two ways. We did it in our recording studio. We cut the demo. The guy who was the music director on the movie, he literally tried to get the demo from us, and then he was going to use it and say he recorded it, which he kind of did in the end anyway. I read an interview with him later. But anyway, so Tony was kind of a shark, which was good. So the guy says, well, we need the whole track to sync it up with the film. And Tony said, great. I'll send you the click track, you know, <laughs> which was good because, you know, otherwise he really would have taken it. But it's, um, it's ironic, too, because it's certainly my most famous song and certainly... What's it called? Hairspray. Uh, the song Hairs- yeah, is called Hairspray? Hairspray. 
Mama told me not to eat. But the thing is, we just kind of wrote a Phil Spector song. You know, it's very derivative. All the creative stuff I've ever done. You know, this song is just a straight knockoff of... Those are the things that always go the furthest. Unbelievable. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to give you a link to it. It is a lot of fun. And it was uh, it was great fun to see a song I wrote played in a movie on the big screen. That was really... Uh... It's the most thrilling thing, hearing uh, your song. Especially yeah. somebody else doing it, you right. know. Well, it was us. Actually, you, right. Rachel Rachel sang lead and I'm right. singing backups. Which but. is, you know, see, hearing someone's voice with your words. and Totally. And we all played yeah. on it, you know. It's excellent. Warren, Warren Oates is the drummer. Warren Oates, he'll be a guest yeah. soon. So that's Hairspray. We're going to play a little piece of it now and then we'll give you a link if you want to hear the whole thing. Or you could rent the movie Hairspray or it's probably on Netflix or something. And uh, enjoy it. And we hope you tune in again. That's right. And until we do, may your gigs be plentiful. May your GPS never falter. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, until next week, we are the Gig House. The Gig House. Gig Hey, girl, what you doing over there? Can't you see? To hear the full song, follow the link on the Gig Host Facebook page. The Gig Host podcast is produced and recorded by Marla Joe and Willa Basson, also known as the Gig Host. Thanks to Jeremy Goldberg for opening voiceover.